Welcome to this week's podcast from Fearless LA. For more information, check out fearlessla.com or explore the Fearless app. Thanks for listening. This is Fearless Los Angeles. Right on the screen is LSD. <laughs> D. Uh, I'm Christy Johnson. I'm the pastor's wife here, and my husband is guess what? Again in Australia. It's his second home. But you know what's cool is this time um, he's not having to give out, which he loves doing that. But he's getting to receive, and he's getting invested and poured into. How many know that's important for our pastor? Like we get invested into every single Sunday by him. That our pastor is healthy and well in his spirit, and he's getting invested into. So get it, get ready, because next week he's just going to be more fired up probably than you've ever seen him. I don't know if that's possible. If that happens, his head might actually explode on stage, because he's fired up even when he's tired. So uh, this is just a great moment he gets poured into, but... We're going to have some fun today. You ready? Man, I don't know what could happen when a bunch of men and women are in one room who are radically in love with Jesus Christ. We can't help but to have some fun. The angels are dancing. The angels are spinning. The angels are celebrating. The angels are having fun. So if we're going to be together and we're going to put on our outfit and we're going to put on our makeup girls, we're going to curl our hair, we're going to get our uh, guys the beard balm going, we're going to put that on, we're going to get our kids, stuff them in the car, hear screaming, hear fighting all the way here, then try to come and find out Every single place to get to this street is closed because they're paving the roads. And then I finally find a parking space and I get in here and I put my life on hold for a moment. How many know we need to have some fun in this room? Listen, I've not come here to meet with a person. I'm not come here to meet with a band. I don't care about the lights and the screens or even the amazing coffee, even though that's a great runner up. Come on, isn't the coffee? I've come here to meet with Jesus. When we meet with Jesus, I forget about the new outfit that I'm wearing. I forget about all the problems that I came in with. When I meet with Jesus, fear has to be, be quiet for the final last time in my life. When I meet with Jesus, depression, anxiety turns into faith. It turns into joy. When I meet with Jesus, I could have been fighting with my spouse all week, but when I meet with Jesus, there's something takes place, God begins to restore and put back together what the enemy tried to destroy and steal. Come on. Are you ready to meet with Jesus today? Oh, I don't believe you. Are you ready to meet with Jesus, King of Kings? So we're going to go into a series, and I don't want to take too long because I'll tell you why. This is LSD, and the first one is uh, love. We're going to talk about, uh, but I thought what would be so fitting is to talk about worship. You go, what does worship have to do with love? Uh, Well, worship has everything to do with love because I have to fall in love with him before I fall in love with anyone else in any relationship. 
I have to fall in love with the King of Kings, with my Savior, before I fall in love with any other person in any relationship, right? Amen? When I begin to love him first, and listen, we can do this all wrong. Sometimes we just get in relationships. We fall in love first with someone else. And we get in that relationship. Then we, has anyone tried a missionary date? I'm going to get them saved. I'm going to get this person. They're going to just become a man, a woman of God. And we missionary, we're witnessing to our own person that we're dating at our dates. We're hoping they'll give their life to the Lord as they're eating their steak. You know, we're like, wait. but listen. It's all wrong. That's how not God did not intend for it to be that way. That is backwards. God says, I want to be first place. I want to be priority. I want to take precedence over every other relationship. When you put me first, then I will give all those things to you. I will bring that right man into your life. I will bring that right woman into your life. Worship is everything. Because when you become intimate with the Father, when you begin to touch Him, and we get to love on Him, all of a sudden, He reminds you of who you are. Then I love me. I begin to love me. And when I love myself, now what? I can love others. So if this is broken, then this is broken. If this is right, these things go right. If this is healthy, these relationships will be healthy. Come on, am I preaching? Who I, come on, he's got to be number one. He's got to be first. So if you're not excited about, I mean, man, there's already a spirit of worship in this room if you haven't felt it yet. So we're going to, this is just going to be, this is why I say it's going to be so fun today because it's going to be very interactive. And uh, I'm actually not just preaching by myself. That's why I'm only going to go like maybe 10 minutes and I'll just be quiet after that. <laughs> and then Pastor Sean is going to also speak. And Delisha Mutton is going to share. They're not only incredible uh, worship leaders, but... They uh, live lives of worship, and so we're going to just be, this is just going to be something where we just move and uh, get your hands ready. Everyone shake your hand. Get your voices ready. Get your feet ready, because this is going to be interactive. I don't want you to get too comfortable. Don't, turn your neighbor and say, don't get too comfortable. Are you ready? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray, God. We would be the heart. We would have a heart of worship. True worshipers, God. A heart after you, God. A woman after your own heart. A man after your own heart. God, I just pray we get back to the, the basics, the most important thing. That you are first. Before anything, before everything, I want to fall in love with you. I want to love on you. I want to know what it's like to feel your love. And as you remind me who I am, God, I can begin to love others like you've called me to love. I pray for revelation. I pray for freedom and victory in this room. In Jesus' name, and everyone shout, amen. All right, I'm going to go with you on the why we should worship. Get out your pens, notepads, Bible. I'm not going to go too long. We're going to invite some other people, but here we go. I'm going to go on the why. The first reason we need to worship is because he is worth our praise. Everyone say, he's worthy. Psalms 48.1 says, great is the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Listen, he is worth our praise. He's the king of kings. He's the most accomplished thing in all the world. There is nothing that he's not done. There's nothing that he's not accomplished. The fact that he came to this earth and died for me alone 
that is enough for me to worship him and to praise him with everything in my being. He's worthy. He's worthy of all my praise. I, look, Satan knew everything I thought of. He had all that on me. What I thought of, what I'd done, what I'd said, and I should have paid a huge price. But Jesus Christ said, I'm just going to take it all for you. I'm going to pay it for you. Is that enough? Isn't he worthy? Can you just give it up if he's worthy? Yes. You're commanded to praise. You are commanded. Number two, you're commanded to praise. Psalms 100, 1 through 4. says this, shout for joy. Everyone say shout. Shout. It's, it's, it's not saying I suggest it. I hope that you would do this. It's my prayer that you would just, I, I'm just really rooting for you. That, no, it says it's, it's an understand you. Shout for joy to the Lord. Just some of you or um, if it's your personality to kind of be bold and, and like that, boisterous. No, it says what? Is it up here? Everyone shout that. All the earth. Worship the Lord with depression. I'll move. Worship the Lord with? Come before him with? Singing with? Sadness. Joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. He's commanding us to. I just began to think about this. Like, why does God command our praise? Why doesn't he just ask us? I mean, and kings don't have to ask. They can command. But I'm like, is God some kind of egotistical maniac? Like, you know, I just need your praise. I have to have you tell me how awesome I am. I mean, what if somebody said that? Like, hey, just tell me how amazing I am. Tell me how awesome I am. Tell me how good I am. But then I began to read further. And it's not that he needs our praise. Uh, Jesus was coming into the city, making his huge entry into the city. People were waving palm branches. And they were singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, just worshiping. All of a sudden, religious people, and it's always the religious people that begin to speak up in this moment. They said, this is blasphemy. Stop praising Jesus. This is blasphemy. Stop praising Jesus. And Jesus wasn't rattled. He goes, well, I could tell him to stop praising if you want. But if I tell him to stop praising, the rocks will have to cry out in my place. Pretty much God's saying, I don't need your praise. I'm commanding it not because I need it. It's because you need it. I need it. We need to praise him. Listen, my praise doesn't benefit God. He's God all by himself. He is powerful without my praise. He is great without my praise. But it is something that I have to do in order to have proper relationship with Jesus Christ. I need it. Listen, if we go deeper, fear's on the throne of your life. Fear's going, you're never going to be able to do this. What if people don't approve of you? What if people make fun of you? Your dreams are too big. Don't even try. I mean, just on and on. Fear. But all of a sudden, when you begin to start worshiping, worthy is the lamb seated on the throne. Risen is our king or the sin of all. Holy is our God. We worship you and adore. God, you reign forever. All of a sudden, something happens. Fear is taken off the throne of your life. And you place it with God. And now fear 
has to come into subjection to the Word of God. That says, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Perfect love casts out all fear. Listen, he's not insecure. He knows it's best for you and I to worship him. I need it because it now realigns me with who he is. That's why he commands it. It is best for me. It changes me. Things come off the throne when I begin to worship. He is powerful without it. But man, when I begin to do this, what happens in my life? Come on. He commands our praise. Next thing, number three, we are created. We're created to praise. Isaiah 43, 21. The people I formed for myself, I did it. I did it so that they will proclaim I wonder if this version, but this, this version says they will proclaim my praise, not proclaim everything they've been called to do. And they did all these, they called, they made, uh, they, they dreamed and they actually walked in it and they accomplished it. And we've been talking about vision. Oh man, you've got great vision. And no, it says I formed you not so you could go after your dream and go after the vision God has for you. All of that's great. I didn't form you for that. I did it so that you would what? Yell it. Come on, I did it so you would what? Yes. Did anyone watch the Super Bowl? Um, yeah, one person. Did anyone watch the Super Bowl? Too? I, don't, I don't like the Super Bowl. I just, I don't even like football. I just like the food a lot. So does anyone, is anyone in that place with me? So is anyone, uh, yeah, that, you're praising right now. See, this is my whole point. Thank you for that. Uh, is there any Patriots fans? That's such a good point right now. Page, oh, any Seahawks fans? Okay, I just need to see for a second. If you're really a fan, really a fan, if, if the Seahawks would have won, what would you have done? <laughs> no, no, no. That went all wrong. <laughs> no, no. All the fans, you know what, all you others, whatever, no, don't say anything. The fans, Seahawks fans, listen, engage. If, if they would have actually won and actually picked that stupid play at the end, oh my gosh. If they would have just run the ball and they would have made the touchdown, what would you have done, Seahawks fans? Okay, maybe there's more Patriots fans. When the Patriots actually won, Patriots fans, what did you do? Listen. Oh, my gosh. There is some fans and crazy, crazy people. You're on, you know, the people that paint their face and paint their stomachs and take their shirts off, and they're blowing those horns, and they're like popcorns flying, you know, those kind of fans. Listen, God didn't give us the ability to yell to yell for a team or to yell for our, our, our favorite band. God gave us the ability to yell and to shout for him. God doesn't give us the ability to dance and to jump for, for our favorite bands. He, he gave us the ability to dance and jump, even though that's okay. That's not the purpose he gave us that ability. The purpose he gave us that ability is for to worship him, to give him all our praise. Come on. That's why. That's why. Not to yell at our kids, but to yell for him, right? If you're still not convinced, this last verse will convince you. First Peter 2, 9. 
You are a chosen generation. You are not like that, for you are chosen. Yes, people, you are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. So you are set apart, you're holy, you are chosen, every single one of you. So because of that, as a result, you can hide. You can kind of, what does it say? Oh, express? You're supposed to express your worship. So we're going to actually show forth, we're going to show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This version says we're going to uh, show forth the praises of him who has brought you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Is there anyone that's been brought out of a dark, deep place and you've been moved into light because of what God has done? Can we shout better than that? Yes. Yes. you're chosen handpicked by God the last thing and we're going to try this out we're going to worship a little bit just for a second and then I'm going to allow the other two to share their different areas that I've given them but there's power in your praise everyone say power, power. there is so much power in the words that you speak your your, your words uh, bring destruction bring death or your words can bring life and joy and resurrection. Look, the whole world was created because of not what God's hands did. The world was created. God created with what? His spoken word, his mouth. It creates things. If I say I'm insecure enough or I'm no good, what do I? I begin to actually walk that out. If I'm saying, no, I know who I am in God, you begin to walk in a confidence. It's, you begin to, whatever you speak out, listen, it's so important. When you begin to worship, you understand when you're speaking those things out, all of a sudden, the enemy is powerless. The enemy is powerless. Your, your problems are powerless. That's why it's so hard to sometimes worship. I mean, I thought about it. Is, why is it hard for everyone to sing and worship? I mean, don't we do harder things during the week? I mean, this, our jobs, being a mother, being a father, doing the things we're doing, a lot harder things. But then we get in to this, singing, lift our hand, what? There's nothing physically hard about it. No, nothing physically hard. The reason it's so hard is because it's a spiritual thing. All spiritual. The enemy hates a worshiper. The enemy is scared of a worshiper. Oh, you are full of power when you begin to worship and you begin to speak out who he is in the midst of things in the natural not going right. You begin to proclaim who he is. There's power. God says in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of problems, in the midst of trouble, that's the perfect time to praise. That's actually the best time to praise is when things aren't going good. Paul and Silas, when they were in prison, chained in fetters, locked up in a dark dungeon, the worst place, the worst circumstance of their life they could ever be in. What did they resort to? If you read the word, it doesn't even make sense. They, they should be complaining. They should be criticizing. They should be maybe even cursing. God, what in the world do you put me? All I do is speak out and evangelize, see people saved. And this is what happens. They begin to worship, sing out to God, whatever they say, holy is the Lord. And all of a sudden it says there was an earthquake that shook that prison cell. And those chains were just totally annihilated. They were broken off. And they ran out of that prison. And they began to turn a city upside down. That's what they did. Listen, there's power in our praise. 
There's power. So we're going to just begin to do this right now. We're going to worship for it. Could you just stand up to your feet? There's power in your praise. He's worth our praise. He commands us to praise. So right now, what we're going to do, I want you to close your eyes all over this room. This is what I want you to do. I want every one of you to close your eyes. I want you to begin to think of something that has just been holding on to you, kind of gripping you just so tightly. Maybe it's it's doubt and unbelief. Maybe uh, the enemy has just been bombarding you with a lot of guilt from your past or shame to feel ashamed about what you've done this week or today. Maybe it's condemnation. Maybe you deal with fear a lot or anxiety. Even if it's a new thing, maybe this week it's like this brand new feeling. You're, what is this coming from? Whatever it is, is, is it rejection you're dealing with? Abandonment. Maybe it's a habitual sin. Something that you just can't break. I'm, I'm telling you to think of it for a purpose. I want you to picture it. Because worship, there is power in worship. So as you begin to worship in a few moments, chains are going to be dissolved. They're going to break and they're going to hit the floor. I promise you, as you begin to worship, it's your choice though. I can't do the worshiping for you. You have to do it. Everything inside of you right now is fighting. Everything inside of you, the enemy is speaking, just leave it off to the side. Just kind of don't worry about what she's saying. I'll get through this moment. I'm telling you right now, press in. What kind of praise does he deserve? Does he deserve a dry, half-hearted praise? Or what does he deserve? A full, full-hearted, outrageous, crazy, passionate praise? Is that what he deserves? Listen, he gave me everything. So I don't give him part of me. I don't want to give him almost all of me. I am going to give him everything. Picture that thing. Now I want you to do this. Put your hands in the fist, both hands. Holding that thing, I want you to raise up those fists as high as you can.
talk with you guys for a few minutes on when should we praise the Lord. Have you ever not really felt like praising God? No one wants to admit to that, right? It's one of those questions you ask and everyone's kind of like looking around to see if anyone raises their hands, but we all feel it, right? We all sometimes just don't, we're not really in the mood. Like, I just don't really feel like it. I don't want to do it, you know? We come into this room, maybe we just had a terrible week or we had a really bad day and we come into an atmosphere of worship and we just don't feel like worshiping the Lord. And you might say, you know, I want my worship to be genuine. I want it to be real. Um, I don't want to be one of those people that comes into a Sunday service and they had a terrible day, everything's going wrong, and then they go down and then they worship. That's fake, right? It's emotionalism. I don't want to be caught up in emotionalism. I don't want to do that. But you know what, friends? The definition of emotionalism is not only to follow your emotions, but to allow your emotions to dictate your response. So what that means is that when we say, you know, when this person, they're having a bad day, and they worship God through it, they're caught up in emotionalism. But actually, we are the ones that are caught up in emotionalism when we say, you know, I'm only going to worship God when I feel like worshiping God. When my emotions tell me, like, okay, now's the time. You feel it. Lift your hands. You know, then I'm going to lift my hands. All right, you want to jump? Go ahead and jump. You can do it. Because oftentimes, more than not, you are not going to feel like worshiping the Lord. If we're just going to be honest, you are not going to feel like jumping. And it's like a cardio workout sometimes, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know about you, but... I don't know how excited all of us are about the gym, but let's get real. It's kind of hard sometimes to get ourselves in that mood, you know, and really worship the Lord. But you know what? God is calling us to worship in this way where we don't worship based on how we feel. We don't wait for our emotions to tell us to worship the Lord. We worship him irregardless because of who he is. In the same way that Pastor Christie said, you know, fear can be on the throne in our life. And there's so many things that can be on the throne. Emotions can be on the throne in our life. They can be our master. And we can take God off of the throne and say, you know what? 
I'm putting my emotions on the throne. And God, if I feel like it, I'll put you back up. But most of the time, it's if I feel like it, you know? That's not how God is calling us to worship him. And that's not how he wants us to live our life, you know? And I could go around here and I, I understand worship is the hardest and praise is the hardest when you are going through a really difficult time. When it, you all agree to that, when you're going through just such a hard time. I could go around and give some people the microphone in here and have you just tell me like what you've walked through or what you're currently going through. And it would just bring us all to tears because it's just so painful and so um, heartbreaking what people have gone through and what people have walked through. And I understand, you know, it's hard to worship the Lord when you are walking through just the most painful times of your life. And you might see me on stage too, leading worship and just think, oh, it's easy for her to just lead worship. You know, she probably just always feels like it always has energy, whatever. But God has really shown me and tested me in this area hugely, hugely, because um, just to give you guys a little bit of background of um, my story, I moved here three years ago now. Wow, that's crazy. About three years ago to help start this church with Pastor Jeremy and Christy and our team. And I just knew God was calling me to do it. I had no doubt in my mind, you know. I just know God's calling me to do this, so I'm going to move. And I grew up in a Christian home. So my parents, they're awesome. They're incredible. Um, very godly home. I never really had a reason to not worship the Lord. Do you know what I'm saying? Things kind of went well for me growing up. And when I moved here, things just shifted all of a sudden. Um, I found out, me and, my, me and my brother David moved here together, and we found out pretty much right when we moved that my dad was leaving my mom, and we were just so confused, you know? We just didn't understand what was happening, and I remember just that feeling of um, he was leaving, and then they were going to get a divorce right then, and I was just shocked. It's like, I, I didn't expect this, you know? I didn't know why I was going through this, and it was really, really painful. I went home shortly after that, um, just to be with my mom. And I remember just sitting in my dad's room and looking at his closet and um, all of his stuff was gone. It was empty. And you know that feeling, you, you guys understand it, where you just feel hopeless. Like, you just feel so depressed, <laughs> so discouraged, and you just don't understand, you know, why these things are happening in your life. And I know many of you guys have walked through that maybe currently are walking through a hopeless time in your life. And I had a decision to make in that moment. I could decide, well, you know what? I'm just, I don't feel like worshiping God. That's the last thing I want to do right now, actually. I just feel like sitting in this and just, I, I don't feel like worshiping. Or, you know what? I can press through and praise the Lord in the midst of my circumstances, in the midst of my pain, in the midst of the depression. I could praise him through it. And you know what? I decided that is what I was going to do. I had to make a decision in my heart. That is what I'm going to do. And I can tell you, there were moments where I remember um, just sitting in my bedroom, just with my heart hurting so bad. It was so fresh. And I just felt like my whole idea of my life was crushed. Like everything that I had trusted and, and known, I was angry. And I remember just singing to God and praising him. Just 
telling him how awesome he is and how much I love him and thanking him. And I remember just feel, starting off that moment feeling so broken and feeling the presence of God come in a way that I can't describe. But I know, I promise you, in that moment, God would come and he would heal my heart and he would restore my hope and he would breathe new life into me. And it was all because of what? Praise. It was all because of worship. That's all it was. Because you know what is so amazing about worship is that worship is where we get our victory. Worship and praise is where we get our healing. Worship is the doorway to our breakthrough. So we can't wait. We can't wait on the outside and say, you know, I haven't been set free yet. I'm still dealing with these things. I'm still in a bad circumstance. God, you still haven't answered my prayer. When that happens, I will worship you. No, the beautiful thing about praise is that we have to do it before the breakthrough happens. Before the breakthrough. And when we do that, God, he fights on our behalf. He fights on our behalf. The Bible says that in this life, we will face many troubles, but to take heart for he has overcome the world. So what we do when we praise him, irregardless of how we feel, irregardless of what we're going through, is we say, God, I put you on the throne. When we do that, God overcomes in our life. When we do that, God fights our battles for us. We're victorious when we do that. So God says that he is looking for worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth. So worshiping in truth would be, you know, I don't feel like it, but God, the truth is you reign in my life. The truth is you are powerful no matter what. The truth is you love me beyond what I could ever dream or imagine. The truth is you are great, God. You are awesome, God. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, when we are unfaithful, you remain faithful. You never grow tired. You never grow weary. God, you are more than enough for me, Jesus. And when you begin to do that, it's awesome. Because what happens is God, he meets you there every time, every time, every time time every time every time he meets you there and he breaks through in your life and so I want to encourage you today with this concept let's be those worshipers let's be those worshipers that walk in this room and say you know what I don't really care how I feel you know David in the Bible known as one of the greatest worshipers greatest worshipers of all times he says in um, Psalms 103:1, he says praise the Lord Oh, my soul, and all that is in my innermost being, praise his holy name. So what he's saying is he's saying, okay, you know what? Praise the Lord, everything inside of me. He's coaching himself, literally. He's saying, all right, heart, all right, mind, all right, soul, you're going to praise the Lord today. I'm sorry, but you're not in control of me any longer. I'm actually in control of you. I tell you what to do. And right now, you are going to praise the Lord. And sometimes, don't we need to do that? We just need to do that when we get into the presence of God. When you walk in this room, what happens when the worship music comes on? All of a sudden, you're reminded of everything you're going through immediately. Isn't it weird? (laughs) Like right when you walk in, you're like, oh my gosh, 
I hate my life. And Jesus reminded of everything. But you know what? That is so, what Chris, Pastor Christie is saying, it's such a spiritual thing. Because when you can begin to capture those thoughts and say, you know what? No, Delisha, uh-uh, you're not in charge. You are going to worship right now. <laughs> right now is where you're going to praise the Lord. So let's do that. Everyone, let's just stand to our feet all over this room. We're going to sing out. We're going to practice this. Now, even right now, everyone's probably feeling a little tired standing up. A little bit, um, you know, that was a relaxing moment. But we're going to do this. We're going to practice it, all right? Can you guys do that with me? Can you do that with me? Because God is so worthy in this room, despite how we feel, despite our emotions. We're going to sing that bridge. I, I feel it rising inside me. When we sing this, every voice, I want you to engage. I want you to begin to worship the Lord. Can you do that? Let's do it together. Here we go. Give it up for Delisha. When we praise Jesus, the answer to that is all the time. Somebody say all the time. You can take a seat. Thank you, Delisha, for speaking with us. How many of you guys just love that we have Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Christy who are leading us? We are honored here. Pastor Jeremy, let's give a round of applause for Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Christy. So we've talked about why we worship God. And why do we worship him? We've talked about when do we worship him, but what I want to talk to you about is how do we worship Jesus? How do we do this thing? And you know what I love about our God is he is a clear and concise and detailed God. He gives us instructions in the word of God of how we worship him. How many of you guys know that? We're going to talk about it point by point. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures here. And, uh, Pretty much, I'm just going to read the Bible for a little bit here. Can we do that in church? We're just going to read the Bible. You know, there's two ways that you, and when we're talking about worship, obviously we worship Jesus all the time. This is just who we are. But I want to talk to you specifically in a corporate setting. When you come into church, when you're with the body of Christ, how do we worship and praise Jesus? And there's two ends of the spectrum here. And uh, for those of you who don't know me, I, just before my beard, when I was a baby, uh, I grew up in both areas of the extremes of what worship would be. And so when I grew up, this is what you, there's two backgrounds that you come into the presence and worshiping God. There's two backgrounds. This is where I grew up. You know, you walk into a church and it's like, and, and you know the Bible. I mean, I knew the Bible, but I remember like I would be like sitting to a guy next to me and I'm like, man, I feel like the presence of God. I feel something. And I kind of lift my hands. He's like, <clears throat> Like, what? I, I want, like, I want the, this is just a natural response. So that's like one extreme, one crazy extreme. And then the other extreme is like, 
You walk in, and it's like, oh, my goodness, there's, uh, there's people making weird noises. There's like, there goes a person rolling on the floor. Like, what is going on here? There's a, is that an animal sound? Like, what is? So we have these, like, two extremes that you're like, what do I do? This is crazy. And you know what I love is that I learned in those moments, I'm going to forget about what everybody's, how they say they encounter God. Because they, here's what I want you to catch. It's not my place to judge how a person encounters God. I'm not here to say that the man who's sitting there and told me not to lift his hands or the person that's rolling on the floor, I'm not here to tell you, you are not encountering the presence of God. That's between you and God. I can only say, what does the word of God say and how do I line my will up with that? Amen? So we're going to talk about that. And some of this stuff is not fun. Like, like Delisha was saying, there are times where you have to take your thoughts, your wills off the throne of God, and you have to let the word of God be the word of God alone. And so we're going to talk about that. So it's not specific to our emotions. But what I want to tell you is that when we do these things, when we do these five things I'm going to talk about, we are saying, despite my circumstances, I put you in control. Despite what I feel, despite my thoughts, I'm putting you in control. And so we worship him in spirit and in truth. And so what we're going to talk about is the truth. The word of God, he has directed us. What do we do? So we have the spirit that we feel the connection with God, but the truth, the word of God, how do we do this? So the first thing is that we worship him in singing. We worship him with our voices. You know that the word singing is actually mentioned over 300 times in the word of God. So there is something specific about how we sing. And listen, there are some people who are not that good at singing. But the the Bible doesn't care. When my daughter sings, she's singing right now. You know what the singing sounds like? Just absolutely, like, what are you singing? This makes no sense. But I am so enthralled, and, and I just love it. Like, keep singing, baby. Keep talking. Do whatever you want to do, because I can see that there is joy inside of her, and she's making a joyful noise. So I want to tell you that whatever you feel like you can sing, you, you, got, you have the best pipes in the world, or you don't even know, it doesn't matter, because God has asked us to sing. In Psalm 100, it says, make a joyful noise. And Pastor Christie shared this earlier, but make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Psalm 26, verse 7 says, proclaim aloud your praise. Psalm 66, verse 8 says, let the sounds of praise be heard. Uh, when I first started leading worship, if we have this picture, can, I throw, can we do a throwback Thursday for a second? Throwback Thursday. If you have this picture, look at this guy. Yeah, buddy. So this is a man right here. That's actually Josh O'Hare, our drummer. We're, we go way back, wherever he's at. So, listen, I first started leading worship as a, at a ripe young age of 15 with no face, no, no hair on my face at all. What was I, a child? But, uh, listen, when I, this is a funny story. When I first started singing, I didn't really know, like, what that meant. So I would pick up, you know, an album, and Hillsong was all the rage. So I would just, like, I would learn it. And the thing is, is they all have Australian accents. And so my first time that I started leading worship, I'm just getting in my spirit I'm getting in, and I walk up there, and I'm, I'll go, I'm like, hello, church, hold me in your arms, never let me go. I'm just like, like, embellishing this thing, like, I want to spend eternity with you, and like, but listen, I love, it's funny now, but I love looking back that my spirit was, I don't care what I sound about, what I sound like, this is not the best thing ever, I'm just going to step out and say, I'm going to worship God, I'm going to praise my Jesus, I'm going to sing loud and let the heavens know that I'm in love with Jesus. So we sing when we worship God. The second thing 
is we raise our hands. We raise our hands when we worship God. In Psalms 134, and I want to tell you, in just a moment here, there's a few more things we're going to talk about. We're going to open up this dance floor, and we're going to praise Jesus, and we're going to worship Jesus. We're going to take all these things that we're talking about and put them into practice of why do we worship? Well, we know why we worship. When do we worship? Right now. And how do we do it? We're talking about that right now. So get ready. Get your dancing shoes on. Get your body loose, whatever it be, because we're going to praise Jesus today. But the second thing is we raise our hands. Psalm 134 verse 2 says, lift up holy hands in prayer and praise the Lord. First Timothy 2.8 says, in every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. And there's three reasons why we lift our hands in a modern-day society. The first thing is we are surrendering. We're saying we give up. We can't figure it out on our own. If you think about it, if a cop were to come up to you, this actually happened to one of our, one of our teammates recently, but he was in the, not his problem, but he got caught in the middle of something. The cop, this sounds funny now, but the cop pulls his gun and says, put your hands up. What do you do? You throw your hands up. And you say, all right, I give it up to you. I surrender to you because I understand that you have authority over my life and I trust your authority. So we're giving that to God when we throw our hands up. We're saying, I trust your authority, I give you authority, and I believe that you have what's best for me. The second reason why we lift our hands up is we need something. My daughter is just starting to do this. Oh my gosh, it melts my heart. It's, oh man, I just where's she at right now? Just like, let me hold her. But she... But I'm sitting on my, and I'm doing my laptop, and she, like, crawls over to me, and she, like, crawls up my leg and then sticks her little hands up. I'm just like, pick you up? Like, what do you want? I actually told Whitney, I'm going to buy her a pony for, just because she just needs a pony. We have some grass outside. They could eat the grass. Let's get a pony. And so, but my heart is just like, she needs me. And so... This is the same relationship. You know that God likens the relationship. He's our father. So it's the same thing. When we come to him, we say, God, I need you. He is that, that same feeling, that same emotion that I feel with my daughter. He feels that with me. And so we're saying, I need you. I can't figure it out. I need you. So that's the second thing. We surrender. It's a need. And then the third thing is victory. Yeah, victory. Victory, right, for the Patriots? There you go. Uh, you know, if you watch, the, go back to the Super Bowl, but if you watch, if you know the clip I'm talking about, there is a distinct moment when the Patriots won the Super Bowl, and you see Tom Brady, he's just like depressed, he's like, Wah! just like puts his hands up in the sky, because he has victory, and how many know that we have victory over the enemy, we have victory over the devil, listen, some silly football game, some silly whatever is in your life, basketball, whatever you talk about, these people go nuts, they go crazy, but we have so much more to be joyful about and to say we have victory over because God has defeated death, hell, and the grave, and there's enough for us to be joyful for, enough for us to be victorious about. So that's why we lift our hands to say, God, I surrender to you. God, I need you, but ultimately, God, I have the victory in you. Amen? The third thing is we shout. <laughs> maybe they should, maybe the, yeah, that's what the Bible says. Three people shout. No, the Bible says, shout unto the Lord all the earth. So we shout. You know, the Bible, you, you wonder why we come up and we say, let's lift our voice and shout. Because the Bible says we are to do it. Let me show you some scripture here. In First Chronicles 15, verse 28, it says, so all Israel brought up the ark of the Lord's covenant with shouts of joy, 
the blowing of ram's horns and trumpets, the crashing of cymbals and loud playing on harps and lyres. Sounds a lot like fearless, right? We, didn't have, we don't have harps and lyres nowadays, but we got guitars. We have crashing cymbals. We had, listen, I love that in Scripture, God talks about worship being loud. He talks about it being in your face. It is an all-out kind of a thing. And you think it's loud now. Just wait till we get into heaven, man. I mean, God's subs, he's going to have subs that just like, you know, 87-inch subs. It is loud. It is in your face. It is a shout that God represents us with. Because we are shouting to God, and we are putting our thoughts off the throne and placing God on it. The second scripture I want to tell you is uh, in Ezekiel 3.11. It says, with praise and thanks, they sang this song to the Lord. He is so good. His faithful love endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout. Praising the Lord because the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. And one of the best scriptures we know about is in Joshua 6, where Joshua marches around the walls of Jericho. And how did the walls come down? With a shout in unity. You know what I I love? Oh, man, I love that. Because it wasn't just about did one person shout. No, it was about did the army of God shout together. That's where there's power because we are taking the enemy off of our thoughts, our emotions. We're pushing him out of the way with our shout. So is there anybody that can give a shout to God today? Come on, lift a shout to God. Lift up a shout of praise today, church. Hallelujah. The fourth thing is we clap. Let's start. Let's try clapping for a second here. I get a little into my clapping. I put like little beats in it, you know. Gotta do, you got to get your own vibe with your clap, you know. Um, as a side note, clap with the snare. If you hear the snare going, clap with the snare. All the musicians get that. I'll just move on from there. You get it later. Uh, so we clap. Why do we clap? There's three reasons why we clap with people uh, in this world. The first thing is when greatness enters a room, we honor them by clapping to them. If the president were to walk in this room, we would say, let's stand on our feet. Let's honor the president of the United States. And we would all begin to clap because we recognize greatness is in the room. We recognize that God is in the room, so we clap. We honor him with that. The second thing is when we are excited, we are stoked, we are thrilled, so we clap our hands. And this is just natural. This is not, I'm not trying to tell you, like, this is like, you got to go conjure this up. It is in your DNA. It's in our code. It's in our genetics. That This is just how we respond. So if it's how we respond in the world, how much more should we respond to God in this way? Third thing is when there is celebration. And as we talked about, we know that we are to praise God because he's defeated death, hell, and the grave. So we have so much to be in celebration for. Psalm 47 verse 1 says, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout to God with a voice of singing. And then the last thing that we do when we worship God is we dance and we jump. I'm a white boy, so I, I, I try. This is like the singing thing. I could do that all day. But when I'm like, I got to dance, I'm like, I don't even know how to do that, like. I have boots on. What am I supposed to do? My hips? Do they go like that? I just usually look to Carlos. If you don't know what to do, he just, he's teaching me. Day by day. Day by day. Why do we dance and move? Because it's a joy and it's expression that is a greater way than just our verbal actions can say. There is actions that we're putting out other than just, I, you know, I love you, God. I love you. You know that um, when I started dating Whitney, there was a, an extent that I could express my love but when I started to hold her hand or I started to hug her or I started to look into her eyes, there's action that I'm now putting to my words. And because of that, our relationship went so much deeper. 
so much deeper. And it's the same way with God. We could come in and we could be verbal about, God, I love you. You're awesome. You're powerful. But there is something when we start to abandon what we look like. I'm going to tell you, you don't really look cool when you're dancing and jumping in the presence of God. (laughs) But that's why God loves it, because you're saying, I don't care about what I look like. Look, we go to the scripture all the time, but it's so good. David is the biggest worshiper in the Bible, and he's dancing, he's going like crazy, and his clothes literally fall off. What if that was me? It would be so awkward, so weird. Like, what is he doing? He's naked. Imagine that. This man is just worshiping and praising so hard, so crazy. And the message you want to take away is not to get naked in church, but the message you want to take away is a man that was so undignified in his praise and so not caring what people thought about that he abandoned everything that he looked like to be in the presence of God. In Acts 3, verse 8, it says, in Acts 3, verse 8, Peter and John are walking to the temple, and a man that was lame asked them for silver and gold. And Peter said, I don't have silver or gold for you, but what I give you I have in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. And the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed, and he jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to not only walk, but the Bible says he was leaping and jumping and praising God. Leaping and jumping and praising God. So why don't we stand on our feet, and we're going to close with this today. But we have talked about when, we've talked about why, but now we've talked about how. And I want to tell you that as we sing today, uh, this floor is open to praise Jesus. This, this floor is open to praise God. And this is the time. When is our time? Our time is now. Why do we worship Jesus? Why do we do this? Because he has called us to in the Bible. How do we do it? We sing, we jump, we dance, we clap, we shout, and we lift up the praise of God in this place. Amen? So why don't we do a couple of these things? Get your hands up in the sky just like this. I want you just to start clapping with me. You ready? Here we go. We could get that kick in here. There we go. Clap with the kick. Here we go. Now on the count of three, I want you to start lifting a shout of praise. And when you do this, we are going to put our emotions off. We're going to put the enemy in his place under our feet. And we're going to begin to sing. We're going to begin to jump. We're going to begin to dance in the presence of God today. Are you ready, church? On the count of three, lift your shout of praise. You ready? another powerful message from Fearless LA. You can follow what's happening at Fearless by going to fearlessla.com, exploring the app, or looking us up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. If you would like prayer, check out the prayer wall in the Fearless app. God bless you.